Welcome to the Officer Media Group Roll Call Podcast. Officer Roll Call is meant to inform and entertain. Now, let's get into this episode. Welcome to the lineup, Officer Magazine's roundup of this week's police and law enforcement news. I'm your host, Joe Vince, editor for Officer Magazine. And normally, this would be the part where I'd kick it over to my co-host, Lieutenant Frank Borelli, but he's off this week. Instead, let's welcome back... Hey, I'm Paul Peluso. I'm the editor of Officer Magazine. Thanks for having me, Joe. And I hope everyone had a happy 4th of July. I'm sure a lot of the people who are listening um, probably were working that day, Um, but others might have been off. It could be a short week, but even so, a lot of news. So let's get get started. Um, Our first two stories are unfortunately sad ones. Um, We'll start in Indiana. Uh, where Tell City uh, Police Sergeant Heather Glenn was fatally shot by a suspect um, during a struggle in a hospital. The uh, police were um, called about a dis- domestic disturbance. A woman had come to the hospital, a uh, victim in a uh, domestic disturbance incident. Um, when police came to investigate, uh, they got a, a name and description of the suspect and went to go locate him. Uh, in that time, the victim had called and said the man was coming to the hospital. At that point, uh, police um, confronted uh, the suspect uh, at the hospital. Um, Officer Glenn uh, got into a struggle after trying to to use a taser on him, uh, got into a struggle with him. Um, and that is when she was fatally shot. Um, that was uh, Monday. And then um, on yesterday, and that would be Wednesday of this week, um, this is out of Georgia. Uh, Chris County uh, Sheriff's Def- Deputy Ty Brown uh, was conducting a traffic stop for a suspicious vehicle. And uh, during that stop, he was fatally shot by a suspect who then stole his cruiser. Uh, uh, A chase ensued with authorities who were able to uh, apprehend him. Um, Again, uh, on the, this, uh, this holiday week, these are, these are two uh, tragic events that uh, just shows um, how dangerous encounters are becoming more and more, um, for officers um uh on the street yeah and joe yeah two incidents here where you know some unusual circumstances i guess it really shows how criminals are becoming more brazen uh, the mm-hmm. fact that uh the, the one suspect brought a gun into the hospital and and that that's when that ensued with the uh with with the sergeant and then you know the fact that the suspect in in georgia stole the cruiser afterwards and right the uh chase down that i mean just you know of course very sad in, incidents um with, with both the officers but just the fact that these criminals are doing you know not only you know being involved in an officer-involved shootings, but then, you know, stealing a cruiser, the, the fact that he you know, stormed into the hospital like that, it, it's just um, kind of crazy to think about. And, and one of the things, too, I, I I know when we talk about uh, these incidents, uh, a lot of times um, we have a tendency, too, to, to, to focus in on the incident itself and, and 
sometimes not always um, talk about the the victims. And in this case, I just kind of wanted to um, kind of talk a little bit about Officer Glenn, who was a 20-year uh, veteran with uh, the Tell City Police Department, um, you know, when uh, she had gotten, she got this call. Um, Deputy Brown um, had only been on uh, the force for less than a year. Um, and it, it just shows you, you know, it, it's you're a veteran or or, you know, you just started um, it, it, sometimes I, the, the training isn't going to necessarily um, you might do everything right, but it it's, can't necessarily stop that bad guy. Yeah. And, you know, of course, some of these circumstances, things can happen in a flash. And mm -hmm. uh, both of these, you know, just shows the people that they were dealing with were just not, you know, not in the right mind. And uh, the, yeah, the fact that very sad circumstances, like I said, and that they, uh, that their families and the officers have to have to deal with the aftermath here. Moving to our, our next story, and this actually will will stay in Georgia um, and Atlanta, where um, several uh, Atlanta police motorcycles uh, were were damaged when uh, incendiary devices were set off um, at an old training academy uh, for the department um, that is now being used uh, for other purposes. Um, investigators found bottles of fluid next to the the motorcycles, um, and then um, uh, Atlanta's police chief has um, characterized these arsonists as dangerous and violent criminals. Um, investigators believe that this is an extension of what's been an ongoing, um, um, I wouldn't necessarily call it a controversy, but... Um, uh, citizens and protesters um, being upset with a public safety training center that is um, going to be built in DeKalb County. Um, and this was, investigators believe, just another uh, extension of that. Um, already, um, clashes between police and protesters have resulted in um, uh, property damage and also the loss of life of at least one protester. Um, and it just, just apparently, uh, it doesn't Paul look like, um, it's letting up any. Yeah. So in, at, at first, you know, investigators didn't really come out and say that it was tied to the protest, but the chief basically did hear it saying that, that he believes that it was, uh, you know, caused by, a he, he called them a small and determined group, uh, that, that is uh, seeking to stop the construction of this uh, training academy. It, you know, it looks like the recruits are currently training out of an elementary school, and you know they're they're trying to stop the construction of this facility. But you, know, you see, there there's tons of training needs out there for a lot of departments, and to be able to build these new facilities, it's you know very important to to, to construct them in order to get them properly trained. And again, you, you hate to see the, these types of of clashes with uh, uh, law enforcement and uh, protesters. 
Um, It's one thing to uh, speak out to protests, to hold demonstrations against uh, these types of against things you you might not uh, agree with. Um, But, you know, now you're you're running into situations where you're um, you're you're putting uh, the lives of 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 innocence in in possible jeopardy if you're setting off um, incendiary devices and and things of that nature. Um, it, it just becomes uh, situations that become dangerous for for even for people who aren't even uh, directly involved with them, and and that would be the you know a, a larger tragedy too with this. You know what? I believe they even um, the group, you know, opposed claiming responsibility uh, from from one of the protest groups. I guess uh, on social media said uh, we will wage a campaign of violence and destruction on any and all contractors who participate in the project. So th- this is, you know, I I don't remember seeing something like this this type of opposition to a training facility. I think that's uh, it just kind of crazy and uh it, it sounds like they're trying to find the people responsible yeah well let's move to uh a little better news uh this is out of new york city um and this was a pretty dramatic video that we had posted on on the site of um body camera footage of two uh nypd officers who um after a man suffered a medical emergency on a Brooklyn subway platform, he fell onto the tracks. These two officers jumped onto the tracks and lifted his limp body up onto the platform, um, getting him off out of danger of the tracks and then to the medical attention he needed. Um, uh, again, it, is one of those things is you never know what your day is going to be like um, as a as a law enforcement officer and um, I, you know it, it I don't know that I'd ever want to jump down on subway tracks even if I had a pretty good idea that um, the train wasn't coming anytime soon I just, you just never know you're going to be able to get up and get in time to um, before the, that train comes rumbling down. So, um, you know, kudos to these officers. And, you know, Joe, it just goes to show how important it is to have uh, law enforcement and other members of public safety available and ready at places like subways, uh, subway terminals. And, uh, you know, incidents like this, they happen. And a lot of times you'll see good Samaritans jump onto the tracks and try to rescue or rescue uh, people that fall on, but it's extremely dangerous. And I think this has to be, you know, there was an effort several years ago and still an effort in uh, New York to get more officers in the subways. They were having a lot of, you know, issues um, of violence in, in the subways and, you know, it probably helps to have more officers there for incidents like this and other things. It, it- and you bring that up, it, and um, earlier this year, uh, the city had seen um, uh, what seemed to be an increase of incidents of, of, of random att- attacks of people either um, attacked at a station or randomly pushed onto the tracks. Um, and it does seem like uh, the department has um, uh, stepped up efforts. Um, 
it, it, you're not seeing as many of these as as had been the case earlier um, this year. Um, and again, like you said, you know, it was great that they were there, uh, those two officers, to to help this man who who had had the medical emergency. Um, we'll stay in New York for our next story, um, but this will be instead of New York City, the whole state. Um, New York State uh, Police has raised the maximum age for trooper t- candidates. Um, like law enforcement uh, agencies across the country, um, New York State Police is having trouble um, recruiting uh, candidates and is looking for different ways to try to to increase that pool and um they are now raising their maximum age for candidates from 29 to 34 um and um let's see uh the uh, acting uh, superintendent uh, said this change will allow us to recruit the most diverse and skilled group of candidates possible um I, i'm you know it, as um as agencies look for creative responses to um, combat staffing shortages and um, things of that nature, um, you know, I, I I'm curious to see um, what type of 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 new candidates uh, um, they're able to recruit. Um, and I say that not as as a as sort of a, a skeptical. Uh, way but um as as an optimistic way too as as maybe kind of piquing the interest or grabbing um candidates who might not have thought hey this is the law enforcement is the career for me but nonetheless would be wonderful law enforcement officers so um it'll be interesting to see how this plays out uh for the new york state police yeah and you know, one one interesting here thing here too is they mentioned that um that there's many qualified candidates from other careers, but also military veterans right. who just were too old to uh to qualify um be, because of that military service. And that not only does it go up to 34 year years of age, but the maximum age can be extended one year for each year of full-time active military duty up until a maximum of seven years. So that is, you know, it, it's interesting that they would um they would add this and it should, you know, hopefully uh in- increase the number of applicants of uh military veterans um that will apply for these jobs. And the and then and the nice thing I is um a lot of you're seeing a lot of agencies using um uh financial enticements um bonuses and things of that nature um some of the problems with that is that it ends up you departments end up uh, in a bidding war of sorts of, of trying to you know pick from the same pool of candidates um in this way actually you're you're widening the pool deepening it and um so you're not hurting other departments you're not um uh, you know making it difficult um so that um uh, you know becomes an arms race so to speak um so again hopefully uh the 
New York State Police has good luck with this. Yeah, and we've also seen a, a lot of departments trying to find different avenues to recruit from, um, like like social workers. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of uh, there's been a push to get more uh, social work, I guess, you know, expertise within law enforcement, and um, that by actually hiring, you know, ex-social workers, and in this case, you know, you could get someone that's worked in social work or has an advanced degree. Um, but may exceed that 34 year uh, uh, limit and they would be able to apply. So that that that, uh, that could help. For our final story, um, again, I, I guess we come back to the you just never know um, category of uh, of calls. Um, this is out of Massachusetts where um, Easton police officers uh, had to rescue a woman who, had been stuck in the mud in a swampy area at uh, State Park for three days. Uh, hikers had heard her screams and notified authorities. Um, three officers went out. Um, initially, they could not. They went out to the location where the hiker said they could not see her, but they ended up hearing her screams, followed the sound of her voice uh, to her, and then... Um, still had to uh, wade through a thick brush uh, and, well, probably no other way to describe it, but just muck um, to reach her. And um, it uh, it was not easy. Um, She was just... uh, just completely stuck in there and also exhausted from the the experience. But um, they were able to figure out a way to where they weren't, they didn't just sink into the mud and she didn't sink in deeper. Um, They were able to get her out and get her um, to safety and then medical care. Um, They still, uh, authorities still aren't sure how she ended up, um, in this situation, she had no cell phone at the time. Um, but, but, uh, again, absolutely. Um, so much credit goes to these officers, um, because this, uh, you, um, it, you have to, they had to think of creative solutions, um, uh, to pull this woman out. And I'm sure at the same time, also, um, just reassuring her that this ordeal was ending, um, and that you know they were going to get her to safety. So yeah, and this was in um in a park. This is uh, the the Borderland State Park there in Easton, and the officers had to actually use ATVs to uh, to access that area um, because it was the terrain was so uh, I, I guess muddy and and rough in areas. I'm sure. But it does show that specialized vehicles like ATVs and it, um, UTVs could really come in handy when it comes to accessing these places in uh in state parks. Yeah, they um they had said the area um where they found her was um I believe they called it a broken path. It's just very rough um to get in. It wasn't uh you know smooth access. Um the officer said it was also just incredible that she survived all of this. Um, so again, uh, uh, kudos to, to those Easton police officers. Um, 
that does it for this week's um, edition. Thank you very much for listening. Um, next week, actually, uh, Paul, I think you might uh, be uh, pinch hitting again. Um, this time I will be on vacation, but uh, Frank Borelli should be back. Enjoy your vacation next week, Joe. Uh, yeah, it's always great to talk to Frank, and I'm sure I'll have a lot of interesting things to, to say when it comes to the stories next week. Well, thank you, and everyone stay safe. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Lineup. Please remember, the opinions voiced are not those of Officer Media Group or Endeavor Business Media, but only those speaking those opinions themselves. Thank you and stay safe.